The points and miles game, the travel hacking game, is a game. And just like every other game, like Call of Duty, Madden, 2K, football, basketball, there's rules to everything. I highly recommend learning the rules before you ever even get started in this travel hacking points and miles game. Because it can get very complicated very quickly. The journey to wealth is a long walk, and some may walk quicker than others, but what good is sprinting to the finish line if you pass out when you cross it? On Walk to Wealth, we enlighten and empower young adults to build wealthy, abundant lives. They say the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step, and your first step starts right now. This is Walk to Wealth with your host, John Mendez. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Walk to Wealth podcast. If you're tuning in on YouTube or any of the podcast directories, make sure to do yourself one teeny tiny little favor and make sure to give us a follow because I don't want you to miss out on any of the amazing episodes I got coming on this year. Without further ado, let's get right into this one. So if you've been following along with the series, you know that I just shared with you guys how I got my very first Amex card. Now, as you know, I have three, okay? Three of them things. Now, I'm not going to lie, they're not the most established, the most luxurious Amex card, right? And I don't have the gold card or the platinum card yet, but I have the Amex Everyday, the Amex Blue Blessings Plus, and the Amex Marriott Business Bonvoy card. So I have three as of right now, and they're pretty solid, I guess you could say. But um, now I wanted to share with you guys my best tips for getting into the points and miles game. So as of right now, 22 years old. I generated over five, or I mean, I got received over 500,000 points in, in points and miles. I'm a Marriott Platinum Elite member. What else? I got TSA pre check. What else? When I booked my JetBlue flights, I only born on Group B and I stay within the first 10 rows. You feel single digit rows only, you feel me? Right? Come on. So I'm traveling a little nice, you feel me? Not crazy, crazy nice. But I'm, I've been uh definitely, I'm I'm glad I got the TSA pre-check because it was annoying. I have to get my fingerprints pretty much scanned, which was like very, I feel like invasive, intrusive, I guess you could say, but I signed up for it. But like, F it, screw it out. I, I get to skip lines. So without further ado, here are my best tips. Let me get to the secret sauce that I've learned from applying to a bunch of cards, from getting denied to a bunch of cards, right? I'm going to start off with some hot takes first, right? Hot take number one, never, ever, ever get a store credit card. That is the wrong points and miles. When I talk about getting into the points and miles game, I mean getting into travel cards. Now, the reason I don't like store credit cards is because they're one day, they kind of trick you. They tell you that you're going to get points back and stuff like that, but like those points, usually are only redeemable at that said store. So let's say you got a K Jewelers card. Now I know because I used to work at K Jewelers, nothing against them, but you can only use those benefits at K. So when I'm talking about points and miles, I mean to for traveling, right? So I would never ever recommend any store card of any kind. Now I'm not going to tell you if you already have a store credit card, closing a card can damage your credit score. As you know from, if you've been listening to the series, I think it was episode four when I gave that, or episode three of the series, when I gave the masterclass on like understanding your credit score. Credit history is a big chunk of your credit. 
And so let's say you had a credit, uh, a store credit card for two, three, four, five years, right? And then you just close it. All that history is gone with it as well. So you may lose your credit card. Uh, you may drop your credit score if you close a card. So I'm not going to tell you what to do. But if you already don't have a credit store credit card, I would recommend never, ever, ever getting one. Don't look away, right? That's first hot take. Number two, right? I say if you don't have a solid savings of at least three months minimum uh, and preferably six months, don't get into the travel points and miles game. Now, the reason I say that is because you can get very, very carried away with your spending when you get into the game. Take it from my experience because I definitely did. My first time getting my Chase, uh, a Chase Freedom Flex card, I maxed it out that first month. I was so excited trying to hit the welcome bonus. I had a credit limit of 1800 My welcome bonus was 500 I shouldn't have been nowhere near the 1800 spend limit, but I was. I got too carried away. Luckily, or not luckily, fortunately, I had savings in place, so I played off in full at the end of every month. If you don't have a solid savings, do not bother getting into the travel points and miles game. Do yourself a favor. It can get very dangerous very quickly, and you can make very financially irresponsible decisions, especially when you're trying to hit welcome bonuses. So don't have no savings, don't bother, right? Number three, the majority of the population doesn't need more than one credit card. Now I have nine or 10, I forget, I gotta do the math. I got the BOA card, the Freedom Flex, Freedom Unlimited, Sapphire Preferred, Marriott Bonvoy, right? Then I got the um, MX Every Day, Blue Business Plus, Marriott Business Bonvoy, and then... Yeah, I have eight. So I have eight credit cards right now. But I wouldn't recommend for anyone getting more. If you have one solid card, like, the, for example, a Chase Freedom Flex card or Freedom Unlimited, both are no annual fee cards with amazing um, rewards categories and bonus categories and stuff like that. And you can use those points for cashback or for travel. Like If you're not traveling, you really don't need more than one card. Like, I do not recommend getting more than one card. The only reason why I recommend getting two cards is let's say you have your own business. But then I would get one card for personal use, one card for business use, so you cannot, so you don't co-mingle your expenses with your business and your personal, right? Meaning you don't have your personal expenses on your business card or your business expenses on your personal card, right? Keep those separate, right? So for the majority of the population, I wouldn't recommend getting more than one, maybe two cards if you have a business. Right. If you're serious about really learning the game, then I would say you can start running it up. And if you're uh, disciplined, I would say get more. But in all actuality, like if I wasn't someone who travels or didn't have plans to travel, I would have never got all the credit cards I did. Right. I only knew that I was traveling is something that I definitely want to incorporate in my life. Like when you talk about life by design, how you want to live your life, I know traveling is going to be one of those things for me. So that's why I went so hard now so that I can start enjoying it as I start growing my business, et cetera, et cetera. And hot take number five, if you don't have at least a 700 credit score, don't bother getting into the travel points and miles game. Right? Don't bother trying to figure out, you know, which Marriott card I should get or a Delta card or if I get this JetBlue card or if I get this Marriott card with Chase and then the other Marriott card with Amex and stack my points and get Marriott Platinum status like John did. Right? If your credit score is not at least 700, don't bother. Reason being, most of these more luxurious and higher annual fee credit cards, they have 
a they're pretty difficult to get accepted into. So if you don't have a solid credit score, you might not get accepted. And then you're going to get a hard inquiry for no reason. And you're going to call a reconsideration line like I did. And then they're going to be like, oh, um, no. Right? When I first applied for the Chase Sapphire preferred card, they dubbed my joint. And I called the reconsideration line. And they still, still said no. So it's like, if you don't have a solid credit score, build that up. Right? Only worried about getting maybe one card. Right? Or let's say you have... um. Self using self, I wouldn't recommend getting the self credit card, but using self or maybe like the discover it's a cured card or you know something that's an intro level card like the Chase Freedom Flex, right? And stick with that and only that until you get to at least a 700 credit score. Once you're over 700, then I would recommend starting to learn a little bit more about the game and trying to figure out what your strategy is. But if it's not over 700, don't bother getting into like the travel, like the travel hacking and the high level points and miles game, right? Just focus on getting your credit score up, right? So now I'm gonna get into my top tips, right? So I'm gonna start off with, right? I'm gonna start off with the points and miles game. The travel hacking game is a game, and just like every other game, like Call of Duty, Madden, 2K, football, basketball acting, whatever, business, there's rules to everything. I highly recommend learning the rules before you ever even get started in this travel hacking points and miles game because it can get very complicated very quickly, very quickly, especially when it comes to managing points and managing miles and what card has what and all the different payment due dates and et cetera, et cetera. Learn the rules of the game. For example, the Chase 524 rule, right? Most people don't even know that exists, right? Learn the rules of the game and before you start getting into it. As I said, I dropped some links as to, or some tips in my other video as to how, how to understand your credit score. I forget what it's called. But uh, in there, I watched Ask Sebi, um, Credit Shifu, and Brian Jung, I believe his name is. That's for the guys who I was watching when I learned about credit. Like, watch some of those guys on YouTube for free to learn the credit game before you start heavily investing into this, right? Number two, my number two tip is start off with getting your Chase trifecta. Once you start getting into this points and miles game, Chase, as I said, has the 524 rule, meaning you can't get accepted for more than five credit cards within a 24-month span, at least from how I understand it. So start off by getting your Chase cards first, get those out the way, get your solid core foundation, and then from there, Go wherever you want to get to, right? Go wherever you want to go. Now, this goes right into number three. I only recommend using Chase and Amex. Now, Capital One has some really good cards. I heard tons of amazing things from Capital One. I just personally have a look into them. So I can't speak on them. That's the only reason. And then there's like a JetBlue card with the Barclays or whatever. I don't really know too much about them. Bank of America, honestly, I wouldn't recommend them. But that was my first credit card and it had my biggest credit history, my longest credit history. So, and it's a no annual fee. So I'm just going to hold out. But I just say stick with Chase and Amex. They have amazing travel partners. Once you start really getting into it, Chase especially is really, really good when it comes to transferring out points, et cetera, et cetera. When you want to start getting fancy and start leveraging your points at a high level. Uh, a lot of the, like the platinum, Amex platinum card, it comes with a lot of benefits and a lot of and uh, Amex Gold Card as well comes with a lot of benefits. 
MX Platinum comes with a lot of status benefits as well. Like you get Hilton uh, status or something like that, like the one of the higher levels, del- higher level of Delta status. You can start getting lounge access. So it's like, I would just recommend those two companies for the most part when it comes to the travel hacking game. I said, there's other companies that you can look into. I just don't know much about them. So I'm not going to recommend what I don't know. Number four, start thinking about where you travel and the local airlines. So I know over in New York City and LaGuardia and JFK, those are the main two airlines or airports that I fly out of. There, JetBlue is like the main airline, right? JetBlue is everything. So Chase is a travel partner with JetBlue. You can transfer your points at a one-to-one rate. So for me, that was perfect. I already liked Chase to begin with, and now their travel partner was JetBlue. So now I can book JetBlue flights with Chase, right? And it's very seamless, very, very seamless. And I knew that going in. Also, JetBlue um, and New York City airports, there's usually one ways to most major airports in the U.S., if I'm not mistaken, at least from what I found, that there's not, there's never really any case where I have to take a, at least when I'm flying out of JFK or LaGuardia, I, usually, I only take one ways. I don't ever take any connecting flights. Um, so know your local airlines, your local airports, so that you can f- put that, you know, factor that in when, you know, um, you're looking for cards. Another thing is like, I, I plan on getting an Amex Platinum card. Right, you get access to the Centurion Lounge. There's a Centurion Lounge in JFK and LaGuardia. So, right, this is what I mean. You got to start link, thinking about what your local airports and your local airlines and travel and stuff like that. Also, when I traveled in the past, before I got into the travel hacking space, I used to only stay, at least for family trips. I used to stay at Airbnbs, but I used to stay for family trips in Marriott hotels. So I was like, okay, well, why do I just stay exclusive to Marriott hotels? A lot of the conferences that I go to are hosted at Marriott hotels. So that was like, mm, perfect. Like, I'm definitely going to work my hardest to get this, this, uh, Marriott Bond or Elite status because it just coincidentally, I was already going to them. Might as well run it up and really start becoming a loyal, a loyal, uh, member. Let's take a quick break. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the podcast. If you didn't know, part of my mission statement comes from Plato's quote, the duty of the enlightened is to enlighten the unenlightened. And so since you guys are getting enlightened with all the gems we're dropping on this podcast, it is now your duty to share this with a friend so that then they can become enlightened and continue on their walk to wealth. So make sure to stop what you're doing right now, share this with a friend so we can continue being amazing humans and helping others in their walks to wealth. Number five, wait 90 days before applying for a credit card. Now, some people will say you only have to wait 30 days. Some people will tell you that you can, if you do it properly, apply for two credit cards in the same day and only count it as one hard inquiry. There's tons of people will tell you a lot of different things. I'd say just to play it safe, usually you get two credit cards. Like both cards have welcome bonuses. Now, let's say they both have high welcome bonuses. That's going to really encourage some bad spending habits. So I would only recommend getting one welcome bonus at a time and give yourself 90 days before each. That way you're not applying too, too, too frequently. Right, yeah, you might get approved, but for me, that's for just my rule of thumb, right? Do your own due diligence, but that's just my rule of thumb. I'm not applying for more than one card within a 90-day time span. 
And nowadays, I don't really apply for any card anymore. I'm holding out right now until 2024. And then in 2024, I think about what my next move will be. Maybe the Amex Gold card, maybe the Amex Platinum card. We'll see how my business is doing and how I'm feeling. But as of right now, as I said, never apply within a 90-day time span. Number six, plan your welcome bonus well in advance. Plan your strategy out. Some of these welcome bonuses have very high spends. For example, the Chase Sapphire Preferred is, as of right now, at least at the time we're recording this, four months or three months, $4,000 spend minimum, right? So you have to spend, if you do the math, like $1,333 a month. I don't spend that kind of money ever, right? Like that's normally something I never spend that anywhere near close to that. So what did I do? I had my best friend. She had Christmas stuff and back to school stuff that she needed to get, right? Boom. She used my card. She gave me the money. I paid it off immediately after her using it as soon as I got the money and kept doing that. And I was able to hit a welcome bonus. I barely even spent on that card. I barely used that card, right? And she used all of it. Now, I would recommend not doing this with just anyone. Make sure you vet the person you're doing this with. As I said, my best friend is someone that I trust with virtually everything. So for me, it made sense. I already trusted the person. I wasn't worried about getting screwed. So I was good, right? For you, on the other hand, make sure that you do your own due diligence because giving someone your credit card is a, a very, very big leap of faith, a very big leap of trust um, that you have to put into someone. So make sure do your due diligence. Don't get scammed. Don't get fraud. Don't get screwed over by someone you thought you knew but didn't really know or someone you kind of trusted, Right. I wouldn't recommend that for for everyone. I just said, I got a real one. So it makes life easy. Um, also, as I said, when you're planning out your welcome bonuses, plan it when you know you have big expenses coming up. So as I said, I did that around back to school and Christmas-ish time, right? So both very big spending times. Plan out, let's say you have a birthday and you know you're going to spend anyways, boom. That could be a good time to apply for a car. Let's say you have April spring vacation or something like that. Boom, that would be a good time to apply. Christmas coming up, boom, that would be a good to, time to apply, right? Plan it out well in advance, though, so don't you don't overspend as well. If it's planned, you're less likely to overspend. You're less likely to make decisions on the fly because you feel good or because you have to hit that bonus before time runs out. So that's my plan. Uh, number seven, if you get denied, call the reconsideration line. Now, I know Chase has one. And I know Amex has one as well. Amex reconsideration line, my personal experience kind of sucks. <laughs> That's neither here nor there, though. They kind of suck. Uh, they haven't helped me out too, too much. Chase, on the other hand, man, I call the reconsideration line, and they be moving mountains. Like, I remember when I got the Marriott Bonvoy, business, uh, Bonvoy card, the Boundless. That one was Chase. And I remember that I was at, uh, my best friend still lived at her old spot. And I was waiting for her, her mom, and something like that. someone, her daughter, yeah, to come in the car. And I was just waiting for them. And I'm on the phone, and they were like, hey, yeah, so you said your income is XYZ. We already gave you a credit limit across all your cards combined of over 50% of that, right? And so 
<laughs> they ask me, is there anything else like that I make, any other income that I make, but I don't report or anything like that? And so <laughs> I had them bump up my income uh, a little bit, you know, nothing too drastic, but boom, they did that, put that in, and then manually a couple minutes later, boom, I'm approved. And so Chase Reconsideration Line, they're the goats, man. They then helped out a whole lot. So make sure if you get denied, call the reconsideration line, skip whatever, you know, prompts they try to hit you with. Just get to a representative as soon as possible. Number eight, when you're not actively applying for credit cards, uh, request a credit freeze on all three credit bureaus. Now, Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion are the three credit bureaus, and you can freeze your credit report, meaning people can't get access to your report. Like people can't hard pull on your credit report. And so, I would highly recommend doing that just for credit safety. Credit fraud is a big, big, you know, issue in the in the country. So what I do is I freeze it. Now, if you go on Experian, they're going to try to tell you about like an Experian, Experian freeze or something like that. I forget what the exact wording is. And it's paid. That is not the or Experian a credit lock or something like something like that. I forget what they call it. That is not the thing I'm talking about, right? freezing your credit report is free. Whatever experience tries to upsell you on, mm-mm, stay away, right? Do not and do not engage. Just go there and freeze your credit report. If you want to take it a step further, now there's this tool called Innovis or Innovis. And, and that's what people like, I think when they're doing like life insurance, stuff like that, like this gets real t- like high level, but you can also freeze your report on Innovis as well. So that it's even harder for people to get access to your credit file, your credit report. So I also do that as well. And there's another one, but it's slipping the top of my mind right now that I I froze my credit report on. I got to make sure I'm doing all this points and miles stuff, right? I got, I'm putting out information that, you know, I got, I'm being in a points and miles space. Can't be having people scam me, feel me. So I got to stay protected. Uh, Tip number nine is plan out your downgrade and your upgrade options before you get a credit card. Now, this is primarily for getting credit cards at an annual fee. So, for example, I got the Chase Sapphire Preferred card, $95 annual fee. If I wanted to upgrade it, I have the Chase Sapphire Reserve. As of right now, I think it's a $495 annual fee. And But if I wanted to downgrade it, right, there's a Chase Sapphire card. Now, this isn't listed on their website, so you can't even find out about this. This is one of those things that inside of things where if you're not listening to Trill Johnny, you don't know about these things. That's how you got to... Make sure you follow the podcast and you tell a friend because I'm dropping gems, right? Um, no, but on a serious note, there's cards that you wouldn't even know existed. For example, Chase has a Marriott, a, um, a Ritz-Carlton uh, card. But if you look on their website, it's quote-unquote discontinued. You won't even find information on their website about the Ritz-Carlton card, if I'm not mistaken. But I'm pretty sure if you already have a Marriott card, you can upgrade into it. It's like things like that. It's like, like the little insider tips where if you're not really in the travel hacking space, you wouldn't even ever know about. So plan out your upgrade and your downgrade options before you get a credit card. So let's say the card doesn't serve you. For example, in the future, I said I got the Chase Sapphire Preferred card. In the future, I want to get the Chase Inc. Preferred card, which is another, which is a Chase business card, but it has an annual fee as well. And with the Chase Inc. business card, I mean, the Chase Inc. Preferred card, you can transfer out the travel partners as well. The only reason to have the Chase Sapphire Preferred is to travel out to travel partners. It's to transfer out to travel partners. So I don't need two cards doing the same exact thing. So I could, tr- you know, transfer the uh, downgrade the Chase Sapphire card to a regular Chase Sapphire with no annual fee. 
keep the, uh, the ink preferred, right? And then the last tip I got for you guys is look into, tra- look into the travel partners of the card. And this kind of goes in hand with like your local airlines and your local airports and hotels and stuff like that, right? Chase, they have um, travel benefits with Marriott and JetBlue, right? Amex has, as one of the travel partners is Marriott as well and Delta. Delta, I don't really fly Delta much, but it's another pretty big airline over in the New York area. So either way, I know I'm pretty good depending on which card I have. And as I said, MX, um, they have the Centurion Lounge and they get access like the Delta Sky Lounge, if I'm not mistaken as well. Don't have that card yet, but as I said, I've already planned that kind of out in advance. So when that time comes, it all makes sense. So those are some of my best tips and hot takes on you know, getting into the points and miles game. In the next episode, I got a pretty good one, I think, for you guys. I'm going to share with you guys the finale, which is some credit card misconceptions and just go into some of the things that I've heard people say that aren't really true and start breaking some of these myths so you guys can start to better understand the credit game a little bit. There's not going to be so much on travel hacking and points and miles like I talked about on this episode. It's going to be more general credit card information. So make sure to stay tuned for the finale, and I'll see you guys in the next one. You've now finished taking the first step. Now let us help you take the next one. Subscribe to our newsletter at walktowealth.com. That's walk2wealth.com so we can keep you moving on your journey. We'll see you on the next episode of Walk to Wealth with John Mendez.